sets up everything. The blues are terrible. And that's about it. We've got a lot to talk about on this episode, but none of it's good, so strap in, folks. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Valleys, One Sport Midwest podcast. We are here. It is April 1st, 2020, and the only joke that we've played on ourselves <laughs> is watching this god-awful team. <laughs> April Fools! We're still a blues podcast. We're so sorry. I'm sorry. We're not getting better. It was all a long three-year ruse. <laughs> oh, no. Ian, uh, we're reunited in person, and it feels mediocre. Yeah. Because uh, Great we, to see you yeah. again. Fantastic it's to great see seeing you again. You. Be back from Jacksonville. Love the weather. I was like, we need some positive filler. It's such a St. Louis spring day where it looks gorgeous like if you're watching from a window very nice nice. and then i step outside my shorts and i'm like why is it december yeah my winter jacket's in the car i brought it for later (laughs) because it's gonna be cold on the ride home uh but here we are we are in person how was florida Uh, florida nice you know i mean other than the weather you know it was uh it was lovely florida jacksonville out of the parts i'm in choice i'm sure there are a lot of it not so good. I went to a place called the Caddy Shack. That's with T's, not with mm. D's. And <laughs> it's definitely like on the on the line, on the spectrum between actual zoo and Joe Exotic, and probably closer to Joe Exotic. <laughs> oh no! But it was pretty cool. Yeah. They did have one zookeeper who was queerly Brian Burke. And he was great. He pet the lions, and I was like, nope, not for me, thanks. I know that y'all are friends, kind of, but no thank you. Uh, that was cool. That was fun. It's great. Jacksonville is a city of some, like, 800 square miles. It's massive. You can't go anywhere without taking 45 minutes. I'd love to know why. You know, I I'd just know. love to know I the history. It's just, you know, like, I mean, you know, people tell me all the time it's the great, biggest city by land area in the country. And I guess it's just something to do with like how they did or did not divide it. They just kept going. They just kept going, and they never decided to stop with that county. Yeah, exactly. Um, Eight hundred and seventy-five square miles. Holy cow! But it's gorgeous. You got these big, you know, you go over these bridges, 
and it's like they're like sea bridges so that like ships can get in and mm-hmm. out of port but like big ships and so the bridge is like a straight like 70 degree incline <laughs> and i got stuck in traffic on one and i was certain i was uh, going I don't like to that. die i don't like that at all <laughs> but i did so you know it's great, but uh, good to be home, you know, good to be back in the 40 degrees. It's nice, it is nice. It's supposed to get better. It is nice that hockey <laughs> games on the on the West Coast don't start at 11 p.m. Oh, it's God. so much better for it to just be 9 p.m. Yeah, I can't imagine being... I mean, I guess it's 10. I get Most of them started at 10, not mm-hmm. 11, but... Oh. But still, I can't imagine being like a West Coast sports fan on the East Coast, oh, yeah, the transplant. Real. I'd be like, real. well, I guess I'll just figure that out the next I'll morning. wake up and figure out what my team did, yeah. In last podcast, I was gonna, I didn't, I ran out of time. I was gonna come go back and look for some clips of us predicting the future. Mm. And instead, people are just gonna have to take our words for it. That's true. We were always uh, right. But last week, we talked about, we signed off uh, by saying that um, this team had two games against the Ducks. Mm-hmm. So we'd probably have good things to talk about. And we do not. Nope. <laughs> we do not have any things to talk about. So the Blues, the Blues have yet to debut on the new Ballet Sports Midwest. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals debuted on it today. I'm. I won't be fully convinced until tomorrow that it's not an April Fool's Day. Show. <laughs> I know, right? But Why would you? <laughs> Why would you debut on the first? I mean, I'm sure it was just some random contract. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, questions about the presentation. Yeah, um, I just saw some people saying, like, with the scores, at least for hockey, it would appear, along the bottom, uh-huh. and taking up, like, the bottom left half of, like, the bottom ticker, yeah. and then on the right, there's, like, a ticker that's just showing you all these other scores, and it is slightly confusing, because they seem to be about the same size, and uh-huh. so it's like you're looking at a hockey score, while also an equal space looking at college basketball scores, Um Bally Sports also, I, I don't know 100%, is like related to like Bally Fitness? Something. It's right? got something to do with gambling, too. What the hell is Bally? <laughs> Bally is an adjective. Not that, Bally Sports. <laughs> and then I've been told on Twitter that uh, people think the B logo looks... Um, Sexual. Of the nether regions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that is. Nobody does. It came out of nowhere. It's what... It's a a mystery. It's what the stadium is named after um, in Colorado now. It's like Bally Stadium, which seems like nepotism or something. You know, I don't think that's allowed. Yeah, no. Now that they're everywhere. And it's it's fine. I'll be used to it. I'll get get very used to it. But it just seems really odd. It's just, it's strange. But whatever. It's The Blues haven't been affected by it. Not yet. <sighs> so, not, not till they throw a panger out the door, I'm telling you. Yeah, no kidding. Last week we had the tragic loss of, of Bob Piker, the St. Louis Blues world still reeling from that. The Blues have not mm-hmm. won a game in his honor. You wouldn't want to do that. But they have had yeah. lots of fights. Uh, Braden Shin fought former Blue Yanni Hockenpah in the start mm-hmm. of this game. Um He's trying. It was right off the hop, right? Wasn't this like before, like first drop? Oh no! So that was the wild that game the that before. we recorded. Okay. Uh, okay. We were recording while it was going on. Yep, yep. But yeah, but Braden Shen trying his darndest in all of these games, are getting a little bit of a scrap, trying to get the boys going, and you gotta appreciate that. Feels very 
David Backus-esque, uh, your physical player. He's he's more like, you know, Captain Captain on the Streets, whereas like Ryan O'Reilly's more like Captain in the Sheets, you know. <laughs> I'd let him be at the Captain of the Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? I as mean, long as he has some love for you. David Backus was a handsome man, but Ryan O'Reilly's next level, you know. So, uh, Ian... You know, I was in Florida. I didn't really get to watch these games closely. Mm-hmm. Would you like to walk us through these god-awful goals? I mean, I wouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> I'm going to do it for the listener. Um, yeah, first period looked all right in this first game against the Ducks. Not much going on there other than the Shen fight. Uh, Blues get a fair amount of shots on net in this period, too, and that happens quite a bit through both of these games, but just can't convert on any of them. Second period, the Ducks get the scoring and open that up. Sam Steele's fourth goal of the season. Uh, it's a Silverberg pass that comes from the corner of the slot, and Steele gets a piece of it, sending it behind Bennington. I don't know. You watch this goal. Mm-hmm. I don't know how this putt goes from Silverberg to uh, Sam Steele. Like, I see the putt go there, but there's four Blues players in between it, and they're all very close to it. And to their credit, they are all looking at it. Oh, the yeah, they That's see all it. That's they're looking at. <laughs> they see it go. Thomas, Mikola, Sanford, Bortuzzo, they all see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of them can stop it. I think, actually, Bortuzzo might not even be seeing it because he's playing... No, Steel Bortuzzo's not looking at yeah. it. He's looking at Steel. But he, I think, would or, be the one that could stop it, yeah, though. Yeah, but no, but he wasn't. No, he didn't look at <laughs> it, though. He wasn't looking at all. Uh, almost like, and this happens in all hockey games, so I understand, almost like probably interference. Yeah, <laughs> in a way. But uh, what really happened? great. It's yeah. always a good sign when you're actively committing a penalty and the other team still scores against Yeah, I couldn't you. stop the pass. I was already tackling the man that was going to get the puck. Uh, yeah, and he couldn't stop it either, and that went in. Um, not great. Not a great start, but you know, it's only one nothing. Della Rose gets in a fight. I missed this one, apparently. He gets in fight against Ben Hutton. Uh, he's also trying to spark the boys. I think he says, if I want to stay on this team, i got to play like the captain on the streets himself. <laughs> i gotta, I got uh, to spark the boys with this fight. Um, I need to go back and watch this fight because I didn't see it at all. I'm just going to assume that Jacob Delarose destroys Ben Hutton. It's probably just a bloodbath. I would think, if, if I know Jacob Delarose, I think pugilist before anything else, <laughs> yeah. you know. So And Marcus of Queensberry style with the, you know, which where you're punching your own face oh, yeah. and it doesn't make any sense. You're curled you mitts. Him, what do you even do? I don't even understand. You're giving him the backhand. You're yeah, giving him the backhand. So. Um, this... Ducks team is filled with so many people mm-hmm. that I thought were going to be big stars in this league that turned out to be, you know, your Ivan Barbashevs, mm-hmm. maybe even your Robbie Fabries, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But Sam Steele, I was like, oh shit, he's going to be like the next Ryan Getzlav. And he's like the next Ryan Getzlav now where he's old and should have retired two <laughs> years ago. Does Sam Steele somehow related to the Blues in some fashion? Did we give the Ducks a pick? Did we pick someone and then they picked Sam Steele? I always felt like maybe I'm getting this Sam Steele confused with um, the two on the Flyers that would have they would have gotten from the Shen trade. But for some reason I always thought the Blues uh, had some sort of me, tie to Sam Steele. Can't even think of any trades we've done with them. Right, right. They've got Shattenkirk. They got Bacchus. We didn't give either Sam of them to Steel, them. Sherwood Park, Alberta, selected 30th overall in 2016. Nothing. No, no, we're looking. We're looking, baby. 
Sam Steele from Pittsburgh via Toronto. We got nothing. No. Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing. Okay. Nothing there. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it was in one of my my uh, be a pros. Maybe it was on one of my uh, there we go. Yeah, junior teams. Well, that's one of the reasons I thought it was good because for a long time he was like elite, elite in that game, and I'm like, oh yeah. See, Braden Point was on some WHL team, and uh-huh. I remember like, who is this kid? I've never heard of him before, and then uh, he's a star now, and I was like, oh, I guess the game was right. <laughs> you were the guy that beat me in scoring that league or in that uh, season. So we move on, or no, we don't move on. We move on to the next goal, but it's still in the second period. Max Jones, fifth of the season, assisted by Ryan Gutslav, uh, the older version of Sam Steele, if you will. Uh, Tori Krug is in the corner uh, before this goal occurs, and he's under pressure by two ducks. He tries to make a pass out of the corner, ends up coughing the puck up, and Jones collects it, does a little slick little backhand forehand on Bennington, and puts the puck right by him. Um... It's a bad play by Krug, who's got a lot of pressure on him, to be fair, but he's trying to pass it out, maybe like a little bit of an outlet pass to relieve some pressure, and I don't know if he just whiffs on it, or if the puck gets clipped, or a stick gets clipped, but it pretty much loses all speed immediately, uh, right inside the circles, and that's where Jones picks it up. Um, There's also no one in between Jones and Bennington, you're like, where's the other players? Where's, I don't know, Justin Falk? Justin Falk's along the boards. So... On the side, the same side that Krug's on. So I don't know. I'm trying to think of how this is oriented. Um, Tori Krug's lefty. So Justin Falk, yeah, should indeed probably be in front of the net in this play. And Tori Krug's probably where he should be as well. So they both kind of botch it. Um, This was another goal where I thought to myself, like, Bennington doesn't need, he like, doesn't need to make the save. It's a one on yeah. oh, he gets danced. But part of me was like, I would like you to make the save because I haven't seen you make any <laughs> like amazing saves. I'm like, man, he's standing on his head for us. Um, maybe not a lot this season. He's made good saves, but I just don't think there's been a game yet that I've been like, wow, Bennington kept us in this game. Yeah, he uh, not been good, and I am not. I'm far from concerned about it honestly mm-hmm. and i know a lot of people are with the contract and i get it i do get why mm-hmm. um i think we'll talk about we'll have a very general and probably very long discussion about what's wrong with the team after after the games mm-hmm. he's not helping but i don't know that it's all his fault yeah yeah that's to be true that's to be sure <laughs> so this goal is a high danger goal i mean it's right in front of bennington the last goal it was also right in front of Bennington, as Bortuzzo saw. Um, and that's also a high-danger goal. Something, Bortuzzo saw very yeah, close. <laughs> these high-danger goals <laughs> are something to take note of and remember as we move forward. It's been noted. We'll talk about them later. Very subtle. People... You know, people aren't going to pick up on what you're like. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's a whole, it's a Christopher Nolan-esque, you know. Uh-huh. You're going to get it all at the very end. You're yep. like, oh, shit. Boom, an M. Night Shyamalan twist at the mm-hmm. ending. I like those, I like his I know movies. that it's Shyamalan, but it was more funny as Shyamalan, so, you know. Oh, okay. I didn't even catch it. I think that's it. how Gil Faison says it in Oh, Hello. So, you know. I like his movies. Gil Faison. Gil Faison's, yeah. <laughs> I'm not Shyamalan, never heard of him. Never heard of him. Yeah, no, Shyamalan is good. I enjoy it. I get people didn't like some, some of the stuff. Some of them are crappy, but, but yeah. so a lot of them are good. I get that's all twists and stuff, but I, I like a I like a good twist. Sometimes I like a bad twist. That's right. 
like when Samuel L. Jackson turns out to be the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Whoa. There's a twist in this Godzilla vs. Kong movie, which I haven't seen yet, but Is I'm going to see. the twist that they team up and fight a bigger monster? It's 100% that, right? And spoiler 100%. alert. They, of, course, of course they team up. What do they team up against? Oh, Ooh, so yeah, tell you what. I saw the pre. I was actually going to text you about this the other day because I saw an ad for it and it was like one of them will fall and I'm like, but not really. <laughs> yeah. right. Oh, I know. So or there's... one of them will fall, like sacrificing himself to save the other mm. one from the even bigger monster that they then kill. <laughs> there's, there's uh, I think the the director has gone on record as saying like people asked him like, yo. You know, Congress Godzilla. Does one of them win? Like, uh-huh. and you have like, I don't want any coy answers. Does one of them win? And he's like, Yeah, you get a definitive winner. And I was like, Is the winner both of them? <laughs> <laughs> That's definitive. They I both. I feel won. like it's one of those things where like Kong will be like on the edge of the building mm-hmm. like about like one finger holding on and that's when mothra shows uh, up and godzilla's like nope need you on my <laughs> team buddy and you know, he reaches like, down yeah. that's a real uh it's, it's like, real sam oh, it's Jackson, yeah oh yeah he shows sure. up he recruits everybody speaking of pop culture and can people tell how badly we don't want to talk about this team we got we owe these people a wandavision yeah review. we gotta pad this episode out that's right so sometime folk could be the, the at the end of this if we get bored could be a lot later than that we gotta watch winter soldier and and hawkeye oh, not yeah. that one and falcon that's the one that's... there's too many birds <laughs> there's just the two that's, that's two yeah um, no, there's the uh, the vulture and oh, the, yeah, yeah. the bad guy. Too many birds. That's right. That's right. There's also that one, uh, the pterodactyl, the mutant pterodactyl. What's what's Lockjaw, Lockheart, Lock something. Ridley from, from Ridley the, from <laughs> the Metroid games. <laughs> That's right. And then you got to talk about all the Smash characters. It's a whole. It's a whole mess. Yeah. Oh, for um, sure. Marvel Lockjaw. I was right. He's a transformer. Blackjaw's the big freaking somebody out there. My brother is real pissed. (laughs) He's dying right now. Blackjaw is the big inhuman uh, bulldog. The (laughs) the pterodactyl X Men is called Sauron. No, there's. I think so. No, that is one, but there's a different one. I'm thinking of. Move on. We're moving moving on. Ryan (laughs) O'Reilly. Blues first goal in this game in the third period, about halfway in. Blues have pulled the goalie on a delayed penalty. Scandella pumps a shot on net. Gibson makes a pad save. O'Reilly collects the puck or collects the rebound that is, takes a shot, and it leaks through Gibson's arm and over the goal line. It's it's a bang bang play. It's a nice it's a nice traffic in front. Something that you don't see uh, a lot with the Blues is getting rebounds or even getting shots through traffic and on the net. And it's it's good to see it's good to see that they were able to score. Um, I guess this wasn't a power play because they had pulled the goalie, and uh, the power play hadn't actually started. But good to see the Blues get on the board. Ryan O'Reilly's eleventh of the season. I think he's he's scoring at a pretty good clip as far as goals are concerned. I was I was a little surprised. I thought he was, was sitting down at like two or three still. Um, one of the one of the few players I gotta say on this team that. Is pulling their weight, unsurprisingly, but it just seems like you know sometimes that guy gets really down on himself and it's like I gotta lead by you know I gotta lead. It uh, all starts with me, and I'm like, yeah, dude, it starts with you, and you're doing what you're supposed to. <laughs> I, I I get starts with yeah. you, and you've done fine, and now other people have to do. Stuff. I understand the accountability. 
uh, that's very nice. But at a certain point, you can look at other people. You you can point the mirror at the other folks. Mm-hmm. Um, the I was about to say the lead for the Blues didn't last long. They never led. It was 2-1. Derek Grant scores uh, an empty netter with one minute left. The Blues pull the goalie with a minute left to play. Tarasenko tries to pass the puck to Dunn at the point, but the pass gets deflected out of the zone. Grant scores the empty netter. Perron breaks the stick on the crossbar. Frenchie is pissed. Mm, America's favorite fighting Frenchman sucks. Ricard Raquel gets another, or gets the other empty netter with five seconds left. Hey, hey, another empty netter. Neat. Uh, the Blues outshoot the Ducks in this game. The Blues end up losing 4-1. Uh, but they outshoot the Ducks 34-24. to They win the faceoff 62% to 38 Neither team scores in the power play. Hits are pretty even. Blocks pretty even. Giveaway is pretty even. Uh, and then the Blues have the better of the Corsi with about 55%. They are equal in high danger chances, uh, which is good because we'll talk about how that's not always the case. Um, overall, again, it's like we have games, especially these two, that you look at statistically, just the bare bones statistics, and the Blues should have won the game. They had the possession. They had more shots. Mm-hmm. Like, in general, you should just, their expected goal should be pretty high. We'll find out that that's not the case. Uh, namely because this team shoots from so far out, very low high danger uh, chances when it comes to scoring. They shoot from the point. It makes it on net. They don't get the rebound. It's right back out. If, every, if all of your 34 shots are just from the point, hit the chest, and then the other team clocks it and skates it out, uh, you could have 50 shots, 60, 70 like that, and it's just not going to generate diddly squat. Um, and then the other thing of it, too, that we'll find out with the stats is that the Blues, anytime they give up a pretty good chance, that chance is ending up in the back of the net. There's not a lot of room for error on this team right now. So you get these games where you look at the stats and you go, man, the Blues look pretty good on the stat sheet why are they losing it's just because they're they're in crappy scoring position and on top of that everything they let up just goes in um and nothing really changes going into the next game here but one thing i want to talk about is this is the first time the ducks have won in regulation in their last 20 games so that's kind of embarrassing to uh, allow to happen to you 20 games. I don't know how many games they've won in that period. Probably not very many. Not, I, not a lot. I, think. I think they're in the bottom three in the entire league, I want to uh, say, along with like Buffalo and Ottawa and I guess Detroit. And it's well, just. Well, let's not. Buffalo's in the I mean, okay. Category. So, yeah, Buffalo is in like. They're in the penultimate. Yeah, they're in the shadow <laughs> realm. And then there's like the regular bad yeah. teams. This is like in the Premier League where the relegation race is the one team we don't even talk about because they're so far gone. Mm. And then the four teams that are fighting for two spots are fighting to avoid two spots. Yeah, they're just in your regular bad teams. And now teams. there's a new lottery, so, you know, can't can't fall anymore. Oh, that's true. Which we haven't talked about, but who cares? I was like, I guess we had to pad out this, but you Steve, know what? Steve Eiserman needed that bump. Oh, God, Detroit. The Blues scored... Detroit. Yeah, oh, God. I refuse. The Blues have scored 10 goals in their last seven games and are 2-5-0 in that stretch. So, you know, you don't score, you don't win. It's pretty cut and dry. Some quotes about this game. Bruby said, uh, I brought it up the other night. It's traffic in front of the net. We need more traffic. We need to go to the net harder. You've got to make it more difficult on the goalie than we are right now. We're getting good quality, lots of quality. That's very debatable. But it's two nights in a row where the goalie outcompeted us. That's kind of how I look at it. And that's... He's an NHL coach. He knows more than I do. It's, I, 
it's Lockheed, by the way. That's the dragon. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's the pterodactyl man? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had to cave and text my brother, who will now. Lockheed? Uh, like Lockheed Martin? Yeah, exactly. Does he have a gun? Uh, no, I think Boo. he's just a tiny little guy. Um, but, you know, adorable. Hangs around with Shadowcat. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <sighs> I don't think they're getting out computer by goalie. This John Gibson's really good, but I would debate the quality that this team is getting in terms of scoring chances. I'm trying not to skip ahead to what's to what's wrong with this team. And no, you know what? Let's do the next game. Let's okay. do it. I'm going to contain it. I'm going to swallow it. I'm going to breathe. We're going to get there. Krug said, uh, just got to be better. If you want to be a player that's relied on in big game situations in this league, and especially on this team, a good team, eh, debatable, <laughs> you've got to step up when you're called well, upon. That's a good team, Tori, before you <laughs> Yeah, you ruined up. it. <laughs> fucking ruined it. <sighs> I don't really blame him either, but there is, no. you know, it's all sort of one part that's, of the same. It's a big soup. Another thing we predicted, by the way, you called that so well. Tori Krug, disappointing first season. <laughs> And then people, uh, whatever, people are already, like, not very good. And I'm like, can we remember Justin Falk? It was yeah. just last season. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, everybody. I know it was a long season, but we can all remember. Uh, yeah, the Blues play Anaheim again uh, this past Sunday. The game starts off much better uh, than the last game did. Ryan O'Reilly with his 12th goal of the season in the first period. Just two minutes in, great forecheck by O'Reilly and Schwartz leads to O'Reilly tipping a Ducks outlet pass over to Tarasenko. Tarasenko then looks over his shoulder to the slot and makes a backhand pass to O'Reilly who tips the puck past Stolarz for the goal. Now that's some Blues hockey. That's a great assist by uh, by Tarasenko, a great finish by O'Reilly. You want to see that right off the hop. The forecheck looked really good. That looked like just classic Blues banging hockey. And then everything was great and we won the game. I mean, it continues to be great for a little bit. Mm. For a period. For a period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, for one period. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko's second goal of the season. Uh, Krug assisted in Perron. Riley wins the faceoff. Perron passes the loose puck to Krug. Krug walks the line and passes the puck to Tarasenko at the top of the right circle. And Tarasenko gasps, blasts a one-timer, and scores. <laughs> if you'd read it like it well, like you wrote it, I would have gone, <gasps> right when you said the one-timer. I say want to do it again, we can. <laughs> no, we're back. You know what? Run it, run it again. Let's oh, run it again. Yeah. The people need to see how the sauce is made. <laughs> Steven, Tarasenko takes a one-timer <gasps> and scores. <laughs> That was a gasp, but that was also like a that laugh. was. <laughs> I mean, it was also kind of like you saw, you really saw a yeah. ghost. Like that's a real ghost. Well, I I commit for you. Oh, okay, you know, I, really I appreciate it. Bit. You're a real Sean Penn. Yeah, I know. Especially and with the yelling. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> the spousal. <laughs> oh no! You uh, know what? I've seen milk. So. <laughs> it's uh, two zero for the Blues heading in the second period and. Like we said, like you said, it was great. Uh, everything was great for a period. Sean Penn, uh, also the capital of Thailand. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, it's hey. a, a great friend scene, you know. You remember with mm-hmm. uh, Eddie? He's like one of the best bit characters in the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. What were they talking about? Talking about a crazy ex-girlfriend yeah. he had, and she's like... <laughs> that's good, that's good. So, so, so who broke up with who? What are you kidding? I broke up with her. She actually thought that Sean Penn was the capital of Cambodia. <laughs> That's good, man. When everybody knows that the uh, the capital of Cambodia is, uh, <laughs> well, it's not Sean not, Penn. Not Sean Penn. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
yeah the, i mean that that joke that that aside was the best part of this recovering this game right yeah, now because the second sure. period was terrible the more you talk about sean penn on the two guys one cup podcast the better <laughs> we got it we got it we got it uh second period camp Fowler scores his third of the season Krug loses a puck battle oh boy along the boards in the neutral zone jones grabs the puck quickly and takes it into the zone a quick outside inside move on thomas allows jones room to pass the puck to Getzlav, and it turns into a two-on-one Falk can't stop the pass from Getzlav to Fowler, and he also cannot stop the shot. Uh, neither can Bennington as Fowler scores. It's, I mean, some of these goals are just like three or four blues, right one after another, just like making a doozy of a mistake. Can I ask a question? Is Has Justin Falk really been cured, or is he just back in the basement playing video games and we just haven't noticed because the rest of the team also sucks? I thought about that myself, where I was just like, is he... He's better overall on average this season, but is he better right now, or has he kind of just gone back this, to the, the is, norm of last season? Is this season? like when Pikachu's like, I don't want the Thunderstone stone, and Ash is fine with that, even though Pikachu's literally a cyborg monster, mm. and then it, Pikachu still gets his ass kicked by Serge's Raichu, but, you know kids are supposed to be inspired because be who you are even if you are sucks (laughs) and that's the justin fox yeah be who you are justin but not 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 the bad part (laughs) be the better part um remember your days in whatever small town in minnesota you are st mm -hmm. paul the st paul minnesota that's it's the smaller of the two that's right the only two towns Mm -hmm. what is duluth no one knows knows. (laughs) (laughs) uh third period adam henrique scores 10th of the season again it's just it's a comedy of errors by a couple blues players mikola passes the puck to Cairo, who falls on his butt loses the puck to henrique who chips it out of the zone jones gets the loose puck and wins a battle on the boards against Mikola in the blue zone. Backhands it to Henrique, who's streaking in. Henrique does a toe drag on Bortuzzo. Yikes! And flips a backhand puck up and over Bennington for the goal. Again, it's just one after another. Mikola with the errant pass. Cairo on his butt. Mikola losing a puck battle to Jones. Bortuzzo getting walked by Henrique. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay, here we go. It's whatever you want to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to blame Kyrie because he's no, the I mean, right spot on this entire team. Yeah. But what a, just an abortion of a play. <laughs> You're just like, hey, it's just, yeah, it's the other team. It's the Ducks doing whatever they want, and the Blues just kind of like flailing at it. Um, over... This is so, the, I knew this, I saw this game at 2 nothing, and I was mm-hmm. like, if we don't get three, we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. And that's what sucks about this team. Like, the, the Ducks are bad. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're... They're not like the, I don't know, the Canucks, where it's mm. like, this team, pretty disappointing this year, but still has the punch to like go toe-to-toe with you any given night. Yeah. The Ducks are bad. But like, and like you were saying about the last game, like you look at the score sheet, you just glance at it, and you're like, oh, we heavily outplayed them. No, we didn't. Mm. We just got more shots, <laughs> you know? That's what I mean. If the more shots you have, obviously that's just going to pump up your Corsi 4, and you oh, our possession's really good. And it's like... I don't even know if you possess the puck that much. You shot it a lot, I mean, and then it was just gone, and the other team skated around with it. Uh, Yeah, this game goes to OT. Josh Manson essentially walks Shen for the OT winner. I cannot blame Shen that much, because he was was out there for, like, the entirety of that OT shift. 
and Stolarz did a really good job of getting the puck up to Manson so that they couldn't change, the Blues couldn't change. Mm-hmm. But it was still just embarrassing to see Manson essentially think to himself, I think I'll walk around this man and then just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you said, you look at the score sheet, Blues outshoot the Ducks 40-24, to they lose the face-offs 47-53, to Blues score in a power play, they were 1-3, for three. Uh, they take less penalties, the Ducks had uh, two penalties to the Blues one, Hits are pretty even, blocks are pretty even. The Corsi 4, again, in the Blues' favor, about 55% due to all those shots, obviously. High danger chances, pretty even. It's just like, what's what's the deal? And that's where I, you sit there and you think, it's quality, unless, again, unless you think the goalie is standing on his head and just destroying you. And I can't imagine that, I don't even know what his first name is, Jared? David? Brian? Stolars? Anthony? Anthony? If sure. <laughs> Tony Stolars does it to us. Like, are you kidding me? That's bullshit. I know that happens. I get that that happens. But why does that seem to happen to the Blues? This Every team, game. This team ain't gotten a finish. Did you even mention Hoffman was benched for this Oh, game? no, yeah. He's been Which playing. Which is going to be key to our later discussion. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm, none of this is Tarasenko's fault. He was out for like eight years. I'm mm. not mad at him by any means. He has two goals in like ten games. That's almost fine. Um, <laughs> but like this team ain't got no bite Mm-mm. and the power play i don't know where we rank now i don't know if we've improved oh, we'll some <sighs> finish this and then we'll just yeah. we'll just dive into just just william Faulknerian stream of consciousness <laughs> about how god awful this team is. uh the blues have lost seven in a row at home they're oh five and two and they are 3-5-4 and four in their last 12 games and only one of those three wins has come in regulation mm. Like, I get that the Blues are not um, a big market team, and we also play in the division that's probably talked about the least currently, I would guess, of all of them. Probably because we have yeah, zero I mean, East Coast teams. Of, I think a lot of people interna- internationally, I think a lot of national people are still like, oh yeah, that's the West. It's got the Avs, the Knights, and the Blues. Mm-hmm. And they're all very good, and it's like... Thank you for not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it was like Greg Wyshynski just the other day like tweeted out something about one team and then he also the Blues and he's like, what the hell's happening to the Blues? And like, I finally looked into it. Because yeah, it seems like if we got more attention and with all due respect to Buffalo, um, you know, if there wasn't like an 18 game losing streak going on for uh-huh. that big period of time, it, this I, would be... There literally is no due respect. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only time that sentence has been used uh, completely incorrect. pointless. <laughs> uh, I think the Blues would be a bigger talking point just because you would look at this team on paper and again, and you look at some of the stats, just the general game to game stats and you go, yeah, why is this team losing? What is happening? This... So we're going into it. Or do you want to read the quotes? Read the quotes. Okay, we'll get the O'Reilly and your Tarasenko's because I think it leads into it a bit. O'Reilly says, I definitely didn't expect us to be in this position. I know how good we can be and our personnel, how good it is, but this happens. I mean, he would know that. I think none of us expected it, but that's definitely a growth to be had. We have to find a way out. The only way we're going to do it is together, and if we don't, we obviously won't be where we want to. (laughs) Correct. Uh, But it's challenging for every one of us. Tarasenko says, and I'll try to keep the broken English together, he says, we need to have a win, but we just let the game slip. I think sometimes the last three games we play pretty well, we support each other, and we have a result. But we have to find a way where we can't keep it for 60 minutes. 
We'll talk about this and take a look at our mistakes, but there's no excuses. We have to fix the home games. We lose a lot of home games, which is unacceptable. It's on us, and this is unacceptable. But Vladdy, what if they boo? <laughs> what if home fans yeah, boo? Then, then, you, then you don't like it. I... I'll read through these numbers. Because I, th- I like the way you've done this. You have just some big open-ended questions. Mm-hmm. So... I can or you can. Which would you prefer? I can go through these numbers. Okay, do it. Okay. So these are just some 5-on-5 stats that I found. So goals for, these are all 5-on-5. Goals for, we have 61, so that's 24th in the league. Not great. Uh, Goals against 70, that's 19th. So, I mean, not the bottom third, but almost. Uh, Goals for per 60, 2.17, which is 22nd. Expected goals for per 60, 2.02, which is 28th. So the goals we're not currently scoring in reality is still better than what we'd be expected to do. Somehow this losing we're doing and not scoring goals is outperforming <laughs> what we should be doing. Uh-huh. We shouldn't be scoring almost I any goals. I think that's the most worrisome, worrisome right? statistic. I think the fact that we are actually outperforming our expected goal metrics on, in both directions, mm. right, is... Is what's really terrifying. Yeah, so our, our goals against per 60 is 2.48, so that's 20th in the league, and expected goals against per 60 is 2.16, 13th. So, like I think I, I tweeted out like last week, because they really haven't changed it much from this week to last week, we shouldn't be losing games 5-3, we should be losing games 2 nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's the difference, and... It's upsetting. Now, remember how the high danger chance goals we gave up, especially, I mean, in both these games, really. High danger chance is four. We have 241. That's 29th in the entire league. So we don't we don't try and shoot at all, pretty much, from in close. The high danger chance is against 277. That's 13th. So not not so bad. We, we're all right there. The problem is... First being the lowest. Yeah, with first being the lowest. So like we're we're middle of the pack it there. Really matter much. <laughs> but yeah, I was like the problem there is even if you don't allow that many high danger chances, you allow an average amount. Tell me the catchy. End. The problem is if you are the, uh, like the chance is just it's just a chance. Uh-huh. Does it go in? Does it not go in? Uh, for the Blues, it goes <laughs> in because their high danger save percentage is point seven seven four, which is thirtieth in the league. For some context. The best in the league is Tampa with .879, so like no one's above a nine, you know, no one's above 900 for a save percentage of the high danger area. But still, you allow a, an average amount of those. But everyone you allow, I mean, not everyone, but is is it going to be a goal mm-hmm. compared to like the rest of the league? It's and again, that's not necessarily a shot at Bennington. If anything, it's you know, it's a kind of a mixed bag because if you have someone that's shooting from a high danger area. Chances of you making that save is low compared to anywhere else on the ice. It's a high danger area. Mm. Um, But we allow players into that zone. And then we're not getting the saves there either. And it just turns into 30th in the league in that save percentage zone. And it's just like, we we can't defend in front. The goal stopping as a network. Our defense looks Mm -hmm. god-awful. I don't yeah. think Colton Pareko is like the savior of this team, but boy, mm. do we need him. That's what I mean. I'm like, you know? <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've kind of gone on the roller coaster being like, guys, 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 we were bad when he was in anyway. So what's the point? Yeah. And then we're still so bad. I'm like, man, I guess it's just get anyone in back. there. Yeah. Please. Um, Bennington 
is 10, 10, and 5 with a 903 save percentage of 278 goals against average and minus 3.9 goals saved above average. Villy Huso, woof, 9, 6, and 3. So a better winning percentage, but an 885 save percentage, a 340 goals against average, and minus 6.5 goals saved above average, which is especially impressive because he never plays. <laughs> Villy Huso, the experiment's over. This guy can't. I think yeah. I think we're probably going to let him be the backup again next year, and I think that's a big mistake. I don't think he's gotten the fairest trial, mm-hmm. and and there are t- there are stretches where he looks pretty good, but I just am not convinced he can put it all together long enough. He's twenty six now, I think. It's that like there's no tire left there for him to be the goalie of the future. Mm-hmm. And besides, we just signed a guy for thirty six million dollars for six years. So sorry, you know. That's what I mean. I think you need like a you need a journeyman. You yeah. need an actual backup. Yeah, exactly. Um, your first open ended question here. Take him in whatever order you'd like. I would like to start at the beginning okay. because I think. I, you asked, is Craig Berube to blame? I feel like I'm further down the track of Craig Berube as a problem than you are. So I'm kind of interested mm. to have this discussion. I don't get, and this intertwines with all of these other questions that you <laughs> asked, but the day, I think it was after game one, mm. the practice notes came out and they said Mike Hoffman was on the second power play. And I like immediately wrote an article about it and was like, why, 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 mm-hmm. what, why he's, he does one thing. What could possibly convince you, <laughs> you know, yeah. that would be like making Patrick Mahomes your second string quarterback. <laughs> Not that, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like trying to turn uh, Calvin Johnson into a slot receiver. People get the references mm-hmm. anyway. Like I, I don't. It's not all Craig Brewery's fault. Mm-hmm. But if I look at this team on paper, now that they're fully healthy, mm-hmm. are they not... Don't the parts seem to make a better team than the whole has become? Mm-hmm. Like, you look at a team... You've got Ryan O'Reilly. You've got Vladimir Tarasenko. Jaden Schwartz. Braden Shin. Tory Krug. Justin Falk. Like, these are people who have been big contributors in the league. And even our bottom line, like Jordan Cairo has been a revelation, even if he's cooled off a little. Brayden, uh, Robert Thomas, you know, bright, bright young player. Even if you don't have the Sunquists and Barbashev, who I admit I think are big parts of this team's success when it's really doing well, but hopefully they're not the difference between, like, being competent and being this. You yeah, know, like, know. it just seems to me like the personnel here should be doing better. And when I see that, I do start to kind of question the coach. I'm not saying Doug Armstrong didn't make mistakes and we can talk about that. But, like, it's just, it's that stuff of, like, you know, he wants to take the perfect shot. Mm-hmm. And it seems like he's they're doing less of that and they're pouring more shots on that. But then they're not getting in and taking good shots. And they talk about having more bodies in front. And I agree, but, like... Part of the reason we don't is because we're, like, stuck in the same patterns. We're always on the perimeter. We seem extremely predictable. Yeah. You were talking. You made a great point. Maybe you should reiterate it about the behind the net. Oh, yeah. Play. Well, it seems like the reason they take all these shots in the point is it's their two strategies are to take a shot from the point or we try and get it behind the net, which seemed to be working for, I don't know, the first third of the games we've played so far. 
and you'll hear Pang and JK remark about it a lot, like, oh, we really like that play, you know, gets the defense turned around, we pump one to the to the slot and they score. But it seems like teams have keyed in on that mm-hmm. and they stop us, they clog us up uh, right along the boards before we can even get below the goal line and we just keep doing that over and over and over again and it doesn't seem to be working anymore. So we pump it back to the point and that's our only that's that's the that's the offensive play. Then we just put it on net, we don't get the rebound, and then we're out the other way. And we mm-hmm. do that forty times and surprisingly we get no goals from it and then we lose the game. And it's just it's weird to me just because Craig Berube in the playoffs seemed to be make kind of good adjustments, at least good personnel adjustments, let's say. I don't know if he made many strategy adjustments. I don't even know if he had to. But it was like, hey, I'll put Sanford in at the right time. I'll put um, I'll put Blay in at the right time or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll rotate guys through. And it seemed to work. And so part of me thought, maybe this maybe this guy who's all punchy-bangy uh, in his career and in coaching, he has a brain up there. But maybe he doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's maybe one. it's bruised. Um, it's just like I don't see any changes going on, and I think he's a great player coach, which is what made the run the run even possible in 2019. But, but, and sorry, God, I was just gonna say you see you see what I see where it's like he's not Ken Hitchcock, thank God, where he's just like, well, this team sucks, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also kind of too far the other way where it's just lots of pats on the back and it's just kind of like, and maybe he's not like that in the locker room. I hear people say, oh, he's angry. Oh, he's angry in this interview. He's angry in that interview. And I can see he's kind of peeved that they're losing, but generally speaking, he's kind of like, you know, the boys are trying, we're really trying out there. We're doing a lot. And I'm like, is this, this feels like we're just spinning our wheels. Like, I don't see where the traction is from any of the players, from the coaching staff, where I'm like, where's the change? Where, what's going to happen? Because there, I'm not seeing any change. Mm. I'm not seeing a change in strategy. I'm not seeing, I'm seeing some change in, in lines and stuff, but it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing you sit my Kaufman and I'm like, okay, that's fine. Cause he's played bad, but also the whole team has the whole, yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't follow him well and played him in positions where he mm. can succeed. And then like, he had to quote this today or yesterday where he basically kind of said that. And mm. it's like, okay, then why the hell do you sit him? <laughs> Cause he was like, well, you know, you got to play with top players and, Mm-hmm. If you're a top scorer, you got to be on top lines, and God. it's like, yeah, but you're not putting him there. So what's whose problem is that? I really don't. I kind of get it for the younger guys, maybe, but I hate when they take some player and they throw him on like the third or fourth line. They're like, well, he's got to earn that. And I'm like, the guy who's a skilled player who needs skilled players to play with has like, but first I want to see you hit something, and I, if you do that, then you get a play on wanna, the second line. I don't want to jump on to Hoffman yet, but I do. But I, I just. In this league, it, this is true at every position. It's true at goaltending especially. But, like, in this league, there are maybe five, probably not even five, truly elite coaches mm-hmm. where you're like, whatever flaws they might have, pretty minimal, and I would be thrilled to have them on my team. Yeah. You've got John Cooper. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Barry Trotz. Uh, Joel Quinville, probably. Yeah, Joel Quinville. Maybe John Tortorella. I mean, he's got the very obvious flaw. (laughs) But in terms of getting teams over the line again and again, like, seems to be pretty solid. But, like, there aren't many, right? Um, 
so apart from that list, Paul Maurice is probably I would probably put in He's near that conversation. Forever. Apart from those that list of five or six or four or whatever it is, everybody's gonna have strengths and weaknesses, right? Mm-hmm. Those guys have them, but they're just it's like a tighter standard deviation <laughs> or whatever. But Verubi is the fiery player coach guy right Mm. that's his thing and like you said did it damn well in 2019 he's a big part of the reason we won a stanley cup and that's great but look rick bonus was that right he's the super old guy in dallas Mm -hmm. and this year dallas is terrible because he's a super old guy and he's (laughs) not a good you know and i'm not trying to crap on the guy but he's not a good coach inherently on paper and the team isn't doing well and they're missing stars and their injuries and that's a lot of factors but mm-hmm. like brick bonus isn't like the straw that stirs the drink mm-hmm. and i think you know if if craig ruby's big thing is that he's a motivator this does not look like a team that's motivated right fundamentally so like i don't know about strategy i don't i don't know hockey strategy that well to begin with and I don't know about Craig Berube's. It doesn't seem great. But, and I'm not, it's not all his fault. I'm not saying you have to fire him tomorrow. But I'm just saying, like, at some point, I think for this whole team, we got to move on from the, but remember 2019? Like, we can do that. Mm-hmm. We can do that. And we'll be bad for the rest of the next five years. And then we'll acknowledge that we need a rebuild. And then we'll rebuild for five more years, and then we can start to talk about a relevant hockey team. And if that's what folks want to do out there, great. And we can do that. We can be the 2011 Detroit Red Wings, you know? Um, But but to me, it's like you, you still, I still think you have a core here that's fine, that's workable. Yeah. And it's on Armstrong to build a team. And it's on arm, and it's on Barubi if he's as long as he stays to utilize it properly, and that's where I think we can turn the page to the Hoffman discussion. Because, look, this is another quip I wanted to pull but didn't. Mm-hmm. Both neither of us ever thought this was a good idea. Yeah, like, <laughs> and we just didn't think it was going to work. I think when he signed, we were kind of like, okay, well, it's a one-year deal. What's the worst could, that could happen? And I. I still don't think the consequences are that grave. Hopefully you flip him for like a third rounder at the deadline and that's fine. You basically paid $4 million for a third round pick, right? Mm-hmm. And a couple of cool OT winners and everything's dandy. But like, it just seems to me like right away, right away. I knew everybody knows nobody. It's not a mystery with Mike Hoffman. He does one thing. Well, mm-hmm. he shoots like a freaking laser pointer and he's an elite power play guy. And he's not only not, not elite. He's not good at anything else. <laughs> he's not iceable on any other, like, you know, if five on five, he's barely iceable. That's mm. how bad he is defensively and how not particularly creative he is offensively. <laughs> You know, You're this not is, a playmaker. This is like the the seven three center in the NBA who can just receive a pass and just like gently put it in the basket. You know, <laughs> like or or the guy who can just perimeter shoot but do nothing else. Like you need those guys, and they can in fact make a very big difference on your team. But you don't want 
to turn to them when the chips are down, and you also can't look at them and blame them when the whole team sucks. Mm-hmm. And that Mike Hoffman, really, I don't have anything against him. Yeah, it's like this really isn't. He's kind of like a bystander in, mm-hmm. in this whole thing because it's just, it's just a, it's like you're playing chess. And you're taking the rook, and you're just going diagonal with it. It's like you just can't. Like what? I, it, ba- it honestly baffles me because last year he averaged over three minutes of time on ice on the power play this mm. per game. This year it's under two. That's the only thing he does. <laughs> I'm not like I'm not trying to belabor this point, but he only does one thing well in hockey. I know, and just why, let him do it. why would you not utilize that? What could possibly possess you to pay $4 million for the guy and not utilize that? And that's where it does get to that twist of logic of like, well, he's got to earn it. No, he's 28. You signed him. Yeah. You've got to know. Exactly. You've got to know what he is. And, and you were having this debate online about is it a bad signing or is it bad coaching? I think it's both. Mm-hmm. I think it's a bad sign for their network that Armstrong brings this guy in and then Baruby immediately isn't using him correctly. That's the thing where I I really don't like when people are like, well, that's the GM and that's the coach. The coach is the one that plays the players. The GM just gets them the players. I'm like, yeah, dude, but these guys are on the same team. This also, is... he's 31, not 28. Yeah, like, spe- yeah, there's no way. You know what he is. This is exactly what he is. You've seen him for since he was 24 and broken in Ottawa. Like, if I'm, take- <laughs> if I'm taking the orders on the phone for pizza... And then there's a guy who delivers pizza, and they go, dude, I just take the orders. And it's like, yeah, but don't you, like, then talk to the person who delivers the pizza so he knows where to go? I'm like, no, that's his deal. And it's like, <laughs> no, you two work together. Yeah. It's like the GM has to know, okay, you're building a team that you want, but you kind of have to build it sort of kind of for the coach because that's the coach has to be the one that's sending them out there. And so you got Mike Hoffman thinking what that Craig Ruby is going to play this guy the way he should be like I you have to have thought that because that's why you signed the guy you mm-hmm. go okay well, I, well Craig will do that and I'm sure Craig said yeah 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 yeah, you got it you got it Dougie and then he went out there and he's like ah, I mean but he's like shit five on five so we'll put him on the third line which again I don't even really have that much problem with but it's like if he's whatever getting first power play time I don't really yeah. care if he's on the third yeah. line but he's not exactly then he's not on the first power play he's on the second and then like I think even some games wasn't even not on like even on that yeah so yeah I think I made the comparison earlier where it's like you know I I do have to say it's a dog I have a dog <laughs> named Frankie this isn't like a I human really, being I really wanted Ian to tell this story and not explain who <laughs> no. Frankie was but go ahead yeah if I have if I want to get a pet chinchilla to be my dog frankie's friend and i go that's what this is for here's the chinchilla frankie this is your friend then i leave and i come back and frankie has eaten the chinchilla (laughs) is it frankie's fault for eating the chinchilla is that the problem sure i guess because he could have not eaten it he could have just said no thanks i'm not gonna eat this thing but he did 
But it's also my fault because I left a tiny little mammal animal with my bigger animal and he ate it. And yeah. that's, of course, what he was going to do. Uh -huh. Why did you get Mike Hoffman? You know Craig Ruby. I've never talked to the man in my life. I think I may have eaten with him in a restaurant. We were very far away. I didn't eat with them. We were just in the premises. This was before it was head card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harder to recognize. But, like... We don't know him at all, but we knew he wasn't going to use Mike Hoffman how he was supposed to, because you know who Craig Ruby is. He's Ken Hitchcock light. He's he old. Really is. He's, he's an he's an old white hockey man. He's Ken Hitchcock, except he'll joke with the boys. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's not white. He's native. American. Oh, sorry. Excuse native me. Native Canadian. So just just so people don't Steve, break down. Stephen, I don't see color. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. Like, I just don't know what you expected. So, like, you, we've kind of talked about it. it's Craig Ruby's fault for not icing him correctly, but it's also kind of Doug Armstrong's fault for being like, I bet Craig Ruby will do what is right. Of course he didn't. So, like, <laughs> why didn't you just get a Craig Ruby player? Why didn't I you get also, Mikhail Granlin? Yeah. Why didn't you get, shit, why don't you get Anthony Duclair? I mean, like, some somebody. I mean, that might not Anthony be the best Duclair's example. the same, but he's yeah. at least $1.5 million instead of four. I was going to say, I get it's not the hugest thing because it's one season of Hoffman. It's $4.5 million. He's not playing here next year. He's gone, you know, yada, yada. But it's like, this is kind of just an insight into what I'm afraid with with any skilled player we might have that might be slightly more one-dimensional. I get that a lot of our guys, Schwartz and O'Reilly, Tarasenko to an extent, they're all two-way guys. But it's like, I but, need Craig Berube to be able to slightly adjust to use the pieces he has in the best way possible. And even if you if you look at the Mike Hoffman situation, it's kind of showing you, it's kind of dovetailing into the whole problem. He's not really using this team in the best way. Like, it just seems yeah. like, like you said, I like these pieces. I think we got good pieces. I really don't look at this team and go... Shit. This... Sounds like a Seinfeld scene. Yeah. <laughs> I love these pieces, Jerry. Pieces. <laughs> like, yeah, George or, George or Kramer will be the one saying, I love these pieces. <laughs> but, like, uh, defense a little shaky. But, like, I think our forward core is really good. And just, like, why isn't this working? What's the what's missing from this? Especially because a lot of these guys, especially on the forward I'll, side, we're I'll, all here. I'll pull out my soup analogy if I have to. <laughs> yeah, I was like... Every time this team starts to struggle, mm -hmm. we start talking about soup. soup. Vladimir Tarasenko, you, made, made, you mentioned it, made an excellent point. This dude worked his butt off and became a passable two-way player. Mm -hmm. Not... Not a good two-way player. <laughs> just a passable mm. one. But he started that project at 22. Yeah, exactly. Mike Hoffman's 31, and he ain't done it. And he's only played for nine contenders except that weird anomaly in Ottawa, and that's fine. And I saw somebody today who, well, on a good team, you can't hide him out there and play power play minutes. Yes, you can! That's the only place that's you can do that. That's the better place yeah. to do that. He doesn't have to pay 23 minutes here a mm. night. You know, that what I wanted to say about Tarasenko is, like, he has worked his way up to being a, a passable two-way forward. Mm -hmm. You would still not put him out on the penalty kill, because that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Unless you look down the bench and every other person was dead. <laughs> you know, like, Mike Hoffman is a power play specialist. That's all he really is. And it's such a it's so, oh, God, it 
grinds my gate makes me so crazy <laughs> i hate all the hockey man i hate it so i hate it so much and it's such an old hockey man thing to be like well but he's not playing tough enough in his own zone mm-hmm. with the, mike hoffman's gotta play defense better dude your defense isn't playing <laughs> defense right now i know like why he's are you not blaming that. mike hoffman for these problems tory krug isn't playing defense exactly. justin Falk isn't playing defense robert mortuzo who's like your golden child like he can never lose ice time right that dude hasn't played defense since 2006 <laughs> and it's just I d- I'm, again, I'm like, I'm not that really fired up about Mike Hoffman. It just seems like he's kind of a microcosm of the whole thing, mm. you know? Because it's like this this one guy that you can't, you can't use, you refuse to use, right? And there's no mystery about what using him right looks like. There's no question. Mm-hmm. There was never any question. <laughs> this isn't a game of Clue. This is a game of trouble, and you can't figure out how to roll the dice. <laughs> I argued really passionately at the time for Mikhail Granlund over Mike Hoffman when they were both free agents, because Granlund is more versatile. He can mm-hmm. play center and wing. He's more of a two-way forward. I don't think Mikhail Granlund... Like, if we just had him on this Mm -hmm. team instead of Mike Hoffman, we'd be significantly better. But at least he could be used in different ways. There was always going to be... That's another reason I wanted Granlin more. There was always going to be some weird thing when Tarasenko was back and Hoffman just had less of a role to fill, right? Mm -hmm. Because Tarasenko gets all those opportunities first. That was always going to happen. Which is another reason I wanted Granlin more, because then it's like, okay, well, you can be the third-line center or whatever now that Bozak's dead or again or whatever. (laughs) But, like, I just... So, with Barubi, it's like, that's a problem. The defensive pairings, have we changed them in, like, a year they're not good. Yeah, it's like they stick Falk and Crew together because they were good together. But they're not anymore. But I know, that was like, like a I month ago. I don't like the other end where you're like over-tinkering, over you mm. know, which was a very Hitchcock thing where like you get to see a line three times and if they didn't score two goals, they were done, you know? Mm. But like, I don't like this either. It just... Mikola Bortuzzo's not great. It just seems like this is almost the worst it can be to be a hockey fan because like... I know how bad the Sabres are, but at least if you're a Sabres fan right now, you, like, get to embrace the misery, you know? Mm, with just, the, like, bring it on. With the Blues, any night could be the, oh, we managed to win this one. Mm-hmm. And not in the Detroit Red Wings sort of, oh, wow, look at this funky <laughs> young team. But just, like, oh, we didn't screw up quite enough to lose this. <laughs> and we will lose the next one, so don't get too excited. Mm. They have 38 points. They would not be in a playoff position in any other division. They won't be in one in this division for very long. The end of their season is miserable. Uh, this team is not making the playoffs. That's what I was saying. Like, the nice thing is either either option, you kind of just you get your answer. Like you get a clear-cut answer. If the Blues, what, they're, how many games they have left? Like 20? 20-ish. I think they play two against Anaheim, one against the Coyotes, and one a makeup game against LA. So then the other like sixteen are against Vegas and Minnesota and Colorado. 
those are the three teams ahead of you in the standings. If you beat those teams in the regular season, you will then have a playoff spot. And I will feel a little more confident in you, because like, shit, you beat the three teams above you, those are the three teams in the playoffs. 21 games. Okay. And you'll, and you'll have earned it, and you've shown you For can sure. beat these guys. Mm-hmm. So you know what? I'm interested. But if you can't beat them, A, you're obviously on a playoff spot, and at no point can anyone come up to you and be like, well, if they made it, I think they would have had a chance against the Wild. No, they wouldn't, because they lost all six games against them. Like, it's just clear as day. You either beat these teams and make it, and have a chance because you already beat them, or you lose to them, and it's like, well, then our ans- we knew what the playoffs were going to look like. Mm-hmm. They're going to look just like this. I mean, heck, I think we play four games in a row against the Wild. Like, might as well just prove it right there. I really do think we have what? I think we have six games before the deadline, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Give me, like, give me, like, these two. I mean, really, I already know you should be selling. Um, Avs, Avs this weekend mm-hmm. back-to-back. Vegas and Vegas, then Minnesota three times in a row. Six of those before, and then that Minnesota. Third Minnesota game is on the night of the deadline. I honestly wouldn't be shocked if they lost all six. I really wouldn't. I don't. Yeah. I feel like we're hanging on to this team being anything because of how bad the schedule's been. Mm -hmm. And I don't. the, The. Colorado Avalanche are on another level. They're playing a different sport than the rest of the league. I mean, they than look the rest good of against, the league, yeah. much less this division. That's what much I say. They look us. amazing against Vegas, and Vegas yeah. is good. Vegas eviscerates us. Yeah. How are we going to beat the Avalanche? So, like, I really don't. I I would be just shocked if we looked good in one of these two games. If we looked controlling. Mm-hmm. And and like the better team, like I could see us just squeaking out a win because of puck luck. But like if we look like the better team in either of these games, maybe I have a slightly ba- more positive attitude mm-hmm. next week. But Nathan McKinnon's so high on power this... right now that he's throwing helmets at people's heads. <laughs> he doesn't care. Why, why was it on back to back nights, by the way, that the two best players in the league both tried to commit homicide? <laughs> <laughs> Connor McDavid leapt into somebody's skull with his shoulder, and then, <laughs> and that that freaking clip of of McKinnon, Steve Dangle pointed this out, and I think he's yeah. true. It's like it was like almost an optical illusion because like if you watch McKinnon's hand, mm-hmm. it looks like he just lobs the helmet at the guy, but if you watch the dude's face, it looks like it's a freaking shuriken oh, flying yeah. at like a thousand miles. Oh an yeah, hour. he explodes. Yeah. That dude just explodes. Um, Take that, Connor Garland. But exactly, he deserves it after all he's done to us. I don't like it. I. I just, I don't think this team, it certainly can't buy, unless you win six games in a row. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, we've talked about it before, and Doug Armstrong said it himself, it's like, the team shows him what mm-hmm. they, he should do, and there's no They're way showing. this team's yeah, showing they should be I buying. I think the big, the big, real big question here is, like, Jaden Schwartz. Like, no kidding, this team isn't good enough, and if you think he's a part of the solution, fine. But like I'm not a I'm very not against sending that message to the locker room and saying, 
listen, you shits. <laughs> like, some of you are here for a long time, and I can't do a lot about that, but I'm not satisfied. <laughs> you know, well, I guess I could have not signed it. <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, can I get, I don't know who signed you, but I can't to do, do that. that. Um, I was Bill Armstrong. I mean, you know, you got to trade Hoffman for a pick. I was say, Hoffman seems like the for sure thing. What I wonder is, do they trade Dunn? He's yeah, a, there's a lot of smoke. He's on a lot of national lists. Like if they list three people, they're like Hall and who's another one? One of them other ones and Dunn. But he's all he's literally on the front of these these articles. Flat or, or not? Flat. Uh, who's the? Oh, Ekholm. Yeah, I'm like shit. Okay, so other people know Dunn's on the trading block. So I'm I'm fifty fifty on whether or not he goes or not. Again, I think it's telling if we just kind of 50 50 these next six games we win some i think they still might sell hoffman um and then they might hang on to dumb but if it's like a if it's just oh and six i think they've i think, they gotta I think go that's it. just gone man i don't like again you have good players here really bad in the bubble mm-hmm. they looked really good before the pandemic and maybe some you know maybe some of it is not having fans Mm-hmm. It's that's not affecting the Lightning. That's not affecting the Avalanche. Yeah. That's not affecting the Golden Knights. It's not affecting the Bruins or even the Maple Leafs mm-hmm. or plenty of other teams that have great home fan bases. So clearly that's not an issue for good teams. There's 4,000 people in the stadium now. Maybe so. it's moving the needle for mediocre teams. You know, maybe it really is. I don't know. But... <laughs> we just be, it'd just be booing them. That's right. And they should be. <laughs> Their job should be in question, Ian. That's right. Mike, you're back in business. Uh, <laughs> I'll bring him right back. I I don't know what, like, what do you fix? That's what I mean. I don't Franco, know. You gotta do. you got to do some stuff with the defense. Hmm. But you're not changing the fact that Pareko, Falk, and Krug are part of the picture next year, mm-hmm. right? Unless you tr- shockingly trade Pareko after an injury season, but that's trade not, that low, seem, trade like, real low. I think we're about as bearish on Colton Pareko as anyone in the Blues fan base. But I, that I, seems I'm not like doing a real that. bad decision. I just don't like that top four. I get you can move Scandella easier, but like that top four again seems fine. But I don't know that they mesh together well. Maybe they need again, kind of like Tory Krug's new here. Maybe they just need the other season. Mm-hmm. I could see that working. I just am more scared about our defense than I am, like, our forward core. Mm-hmm. Um, Bennington, again, like, I think he could be better. I think we could use a few big saves from him, a few big games from him. But, like you said, with the defense in front of him the way it is, with the high danger chances we're giving up, it's it's just hard to be that hard on him. But, yeah, I do think he'd be better. Goaltending, obviously, overall could be a lot better. It's just having that and having a shitty defense in front of him, it's just kind of like, bleh. Yeah, I mean, I think that whole thing is like a... I can't think of the word I want, but like, it's all interrelated. The defense is bad, Mm -hmm. so the goalie's bad. The goalie's not helping out the defense. The defense isn't helping out the goalie. It's all bad. It's bad. It's Mm -hmm. bad. Um... But the but the offense isn't good. Oh no, that's the problem. I'm like, I like this forward core. They're also like 28th with expected goals for. I really like... I Say it, do it. I don't have anything against Jaden Schwartz. I really don't want him to sign an extension here at this point. I, I just think we, and it's not really even him. That's it's, my problem. Other than is that, like, it's, he's gonna 
command big money and he's super injury prone. Mm. But it's not really him. It's more like something needs to change significantly on this team. Mm -hmm. And how much space do you have to make those changes if you also lock up Jaden Schwartz? Like, if you lock up Jaden Schwartz, pretty much your top six and your top four are kind of set. And then it's like, okay, well then I guess we're just hoping that we're better next year. That does kind of scare me with how many people we've been locking in because as Doug Armstrong has said, he's like, oh, I'm just going to... I got to keep these guys together. They did a lot for us, so now I'm doing a lot for them. And I'm like, that was fun the one time you did it and uh, the one time you set it. But I'm not enjoying it anymore. Yeah, and to be fair, he let Petrangelo walk. Yeah. So, you know, I think he's he's got some backbone there. But, like... Man, but also fucking, like... I am... <laughs> yeah, that's is good to do, but also, like, super stupid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. <sighs> I... I'm not... I'm not... Sh- I... Doug Armstrong's job isn't in any jeopardy, I, d- I don't think. But no. I also am a big, pretty big believer in, like, you need management turnover every decade just to have new eyes in the organization and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure that I have that long a leash for Armstrong himself. Cause specifically because he can't be thinking about rewarding the 2019 team. Like, mm. that can't be what you're doing. You I think gotta that's, be wanting to make the 2022 team good. You I know? think that's a really good point though about Schwartz, though, because yeah, it's like if you extend that, then it's like here's here's your middle aged core that's gonna be here for the next six or seven years, unless I can move one of them. You know, when we suck that way. Well, and plus, if you extend Schwartz, then it's like, then if the team isn't good anymore, then it's like, well, I guess we gotta move on from O'Reilly and or Tarasenko yeah, when their or contracts next up. are up, and it's like. No, those are the guys that I feel pretty good about mm. keeping, you know? Like, Riley especially, I feel like he had to keep. But Tarasenko, like, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to be as good as he once was with the shoulders and stuff. Yeah. But I'd also be kind of gutted to see him play for, like, the Islanders or whoever, <sighs> you know? I know. I'm really, I'm I'm going to be one of those people that when he's like, <laughs> Tarasenko's no good. Get rid of him. Like, you shut the hell up. Yeah. You put him on the fourth line. You let him be there. Yeah, that's right. Just let him be. Just just let him sip his borscht. Every time we've talked about before, like, maybe it's time to trade Tarasenko. And, like, it's always makes sense logically in those moments. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm always still like, man, we could, but I would be real sad. Yeah. I, there's a lot of time to talk about what this team needs to do long term. Mm. But I think you really need to think long-term and not think about this season. I don't... Maybe you squeak out a playoff berth. Mm -hmm. I know that'd be good financially, but you're not competing in the playoffs. We're not a threat to even the Wild, Mm -hmm. let alone the the Avs or the Golden Knights. I don't think we're a threat to either of those teams if we're playing pretty well. At the very top of our game, maybe. But if we're just like, okay, we've obviously turned it around and we're okay now, I still don't think we're hanging with those teams in a seven-game series. I was like, it'd be a lot closer, but yeah, I don't think it's like an easy win. So, like, I just, I don't see what the benefit of hauling ass to the end of this season (laughs) would even be, you know? Yeah, no, it's it just doesn't seem feasible at this point. And I just, again, I don't... I'm not like, you have to trade Jaden Schwartz. You have to get rid of him. Uh, you know what? I kind of <laughs> He am. goes, yes. I'm not against the trading. Like, if the thing comes, if the right offer comes up, do it by all means. 
And to Doug Armstrong's credit, he's done that before. He did it with Shattenkirk. He did it with Stasny. You know, if he if he's not going to extend a guy, he's not afraid to say, all right, well, I'm going to get something for him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, as much as I like Schwartz, I don't think he has that same power over the fan base that Petrangelo did, where if they'd done that at the deadline with Petro, it would have been like, excuse me, excuse <laughs> me, you know? But, like, you know, if you can get a first-rounder in a prospect form, pretty hard to not. You know, mm. feels pretty hard to not do that. Um God, I'm, but, ner- I'm nervous now. I'm but him, scared. Him out of the way, like leaving him alone. Yeah. I just, I really think you got to be creative, not worry about this season, and think about like how, how do I improve this team over the long haul? What do I want it to look like? What free agents are out there? I've got a lot of money to throw around. Even if I sign Schwartz, I've got a fair amount of money to throw around. Mm-hmm. Not saying you're going to always spend to the cap in this era or, you know, that you should just throw money at free agents. But, like, you do finally have some flexibility. Just seems like it's time to be creative. And if you can't be creative, then I'm really worried that we're just kind of in that pattern of being the mediocre team. Yeah, mm-hmm. like just the team that I don't think they're bad, but like I don't know. You know when the Kings weren't the Kings anymore, but weren't bad yet. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of in there. Um, yeah, you're like 2016, 2017 Kings, where you're just even the Blackhawks like, hey. a little bit right now, where it's like, eh, they're still okay because their goalie's carrying them. They'll probably make the playoffs, but like they're not good Mm. you know even the predators right now like any of those teams like i don't want to be that i would much rather be bad on the way back to good i'd much i would always much rather be actively intentionally rebuilding to be dominant again than i would be clinging to hope Mm -hmm. that we can salvage one more good run out of a bad team you know yeah someone's just gonna gonna kick the can down the down the lane for like way too many years yeah so, I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? I know it's a, a dour episode. I'm just so sad. But it just, I don't, I don't, I don't, to be fair, usually when we're really down on the team, there's at least one or two Twitter voices out there that are like, hey guys, it's okay. <laughs> this team's fine. You just got to do this, this, and this. And, uh, they're nowhere. I don't see. I don't see that. I don't see it anywhere. I mean, um, I put out. I was hoping to see you know more Blues hockey before we recorded this, but obviously it was like a four day break. They don't play till tomorrow after having played on Sunday. And I was like, man, I miss seeing the Blues. And people were like, eh, maybe they needed this break. I don't know if I miss seeing this incarnation of the Blues. I'm like, yeah, this seems to be the general feel. As people were like, oh, I want hockey, and then they watch the Blues play. Like, oh, not this though. <laughs> This is not what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's a, it's a bummer time to be a Blues fan. They don't, they're not fun to watch. They're not interesting. You don't, you, you don't, you don't look forward to their games. Are you sitting here thinking like, holy crap, I can't wait to watch them play the Avs tomorrow night. I know I'm not. I want to watch this one game because I just want to be like, what? Let's see. Let's see if you step up against a, like the best of the best in mm-hmm. our division. I'm not expecting much. I'm like, maybe, just maybe. Every time I try and cling on to a little bit of hope, um, and I don't know why. Damn the cup run, you know? They've killed me. They've killed me in a different way. 
Yeah, we just need to find that new uh, that new uh, victory song, and then we're fine. Well, Petrangelo's back. I thought Petrangelo's like out forever or something. No, he's playing he's back again. on the Blues. We resigned him. We got him. We, right. Hey, hey, Petrangelo's back. Good. Um, then we're set. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, so we play the Avalanche. We play the Golden Knights. I'm very possible we come back here after four more losses, but um. That's all I got. You yeah. want to talk about anything else? You got anything upbeat you want to close on? Spicy takes. Um, man, what is there? I don't know. There's like nothing. I feel like nothing's going on in my life. Um, Coheed and Cambria is great, great band. I've been listening to their music a lot while working. And uh, once you get past that guy's like really high voice, you know, high pitch voice, it, it's it's all gravy after that. Yeah. I agree. So let me let me pitch you to you this twenty-year-old team. But you weren't on us. Now get into the ground. That's a perfect encapsulation of this <laughs> team. And uh, I think we're done. <laughs> I think that's it, right? Yeah. Um, so, folks, hopefully, hopefully the Blues really turn it around. We're shocked, and we're real upbeat next week. Uh, but until then. You know, uh, happy Easter, happy Passover. If you celebrate either one, happy just a normal weekend if you don't. <laughs> uh, enjoy it. You know, watch really good hockey played this weekend because at least one of the teams on the ice will be playing really good yeah, hockey. Yeah, well, it's going it to look great. won't be us, but, you know, you can watch the Blues. The Blues will be the pylons around which the Colorado Avalanche <laughs> run their shooting drills. Oh, no. We'll talk real soon, folks. Have a great night. Happy Easter. You could die.